Welcome to another episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast, where we focus on building better businesses. I believe in order to be the best leader that you can be, you must be willing to be the first follower and have a servant mentality when you're in a leadership position. If you want to be the best leader that you possibly can be, be sure to stay tuned and listen to industry leaders and hear how they built winning cultures in their own businesses. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Tactical Leader. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Rohan Sheth, and we're going to talk about how he helps entrepreneurs scale to seven figures and beyond. Before we begin, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you're a podcaster, YouTuber, or content creator, and you want to multipurpose that content, be sure to head over to nightly.productions and find out how they can help you create that tactical content that delivers. Rohan, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. Man, I am super excited because somebody of your scale, your level, man, there's so much value you're going to be able to bring to the audience. And I want to give the audience a little bit of a background on you before we kind of delve into the conversation where you really focus on helping entrepreneurs grow profitable, successful seven-figure businesses. Your goal is not just to help launch, but to actually help scale and that is a totally different piece in a lot of capacities. But you've been doing this since, uh, I mean, you were young, right? You've been doing this since grade 11, grade 12. You were, you were pulling in a heck of a lot of money hustling. And there's a lot of stories that go into that. You're the CEO of GrowRev, which is a top digital marketing firm where you're helping people do that, helping companies grow their revenue online. You know, you're obviously really doing a great job. You've been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, the Huffington Post, all these different places. Beyond this business stuff that we're going to really dive into and how you're helping people scale, tell us a little bit about yourself that we may, may not know about you. Thanks for that wicked intro. Um, something about me that you may not know. I actually did not ever think I would get into sales and marketing as a career. I originally went to school to be a commercial airline pilot. Um, and that was a lifelong dream of mine. And my mom said, since I was two years old and I knew what a job was, she was like, what do you want to be when you're older? I always said, I want to be a pilot. And, you know, I went to school to be a pilot, eventually dropped out and ended up in the career that I have today. Which is crazy, man. From pilot to biz dev, you know, in digital marketing. I mean, that's a hell of a turn. What was it that kind of shifted that perspective? I mean, pilots make good money. You could make a good living. Being a pilot, travel the world, see all these amazing places. What really shifted you away from that? Um, so I grew up in a very fortunate uh, background um, when I was younger. From like zero to 11, I lived in India and kind of traveled all over the world. Um, between Dubai and London and Thailand, where like every every long weekend I was in one of those three countries. Um, and spent a lot of time on a plane. My family owned an airline back when I lived there. So kind of, you know, that was just one of the things that kind of got my my um, thought pattern of becoming a pilot because I enjoy traveling and I enjoy going different places. And I kind of correlated that to eventually come to Canada to realize, you know, what I was growing up into what, you know, most a normal lifestyle would look like or essentially what I thought for the next half of my life would be. It was like the only thing that I could think of to kind of get into it. And that's kind of what made me go down that route. However, when I was going to school to be a pilot, I realized one thing is I had a huge passion to fly. It wasn't a purpose-driven situation for me. It wasn't where it's like, yeah, I could make good money and, you know, ride it out. And, and it was one of those double-edged swords because when I got into being a pilot at school um, and kind of getting to the tail end of finishing up my commercial and multi-engine um, certification, 
the pilot career was a lot longer to get to that, you know, multi six figure um, job. Like, you know, when I was moving to Dubai and flying for Emirates, moving to uh, Hong Kong and flying for Cathay, which are the two goals that I had. Um, it would took a lot longer than, you know, what it would today. And the reason being is the baby boomers are still in the peak and kind of, you know, they didn't want to give up their job until it was done. Today, if this was a situation, I'm sure I'd been offered a job at one of these major airlines pre-pandemic. Um, obviously, I'm assuming because the airline industry took an absolute beating during the pandemic. And that kind of gave me an opportunity to sit back and look at, okay, what do I really enjoy doing? What, what is a purpose-filled mission for me that I can make a bigger difference on this planet versus just sitting behind the cockpit? I mean, that's been done in several different ways where, I mean, just looking through your content, you obviously put a, a good deal of content out there, you know, podcasts, but you really focus on marketing strategy, business strategy, coaching. Where did you learn like that business background or do you feel like you just had a knack for kind of from the get go? Um, fortunately, like I mentioned earlier, I was grew up in a very business driven environment. Um, a, a very different business environment because it was already a very corporately run company. Uh, well, my parents were running prior to uh, prior to being uh, born. And then eventually my dad went on his own and kind of started that. So I saw like the high and then I saw the low and then I saw like, well, the struggles of start of a startup company again. And I kind of had to, you know, had the chance to balance all of that out. Eventually kind of watching, learning, being, getting the, you know, the chance to travel all over the world, being in different environments, different cultures and kind of, and like looking at what that, that whole situation is going to be all about. It gave me the, the advantage to be very, very adaptable really quickly at a young age. And I think that's where I got the, well, most people would say I got the knack for essentially sales and, you know, just getting the people skills that I have today. Um, and that transition into just, you know, business skills and just understanding what it's like to run a company because every single time you're talking to different people, you know, whether this podcast we never met prior to jumping on, you know, hitting it off or whether I was door knocking and, you know, every door that I opened was a different person. You mentioned adaptability. Obviously the show is really based around the tactics behind being a great leader, building a great culture. Do you think adaptability is like that one characteristic you'd really hone in on as a leader of an organization, or is there something else that you think is like more valuable to kind of exemplify as a leader? For me, it's definitely, yeah, adaptability is a big one for me personally, and values for every, every single human is different, is the way I look at it. Um, and the reason being, you know, being in a position that I'm in today, not only do I have to, you know, have a decent-sized team, have a ton of clients that we work with, but then also have a family, uh, personal family and extended family, et cetera. So it's like, I have to be adaptable. It's like, you know, what I come from, what I came into work, like if I had something when I woke up at home, coming into work, it does not matter to my team, it does not matter to my clients, what matters to my team and clients is different as well. And having that adaptability and being able to compartmentalize and go down each of these parts um, for me was a big, uh, a big part of being a leader to where, you know, running the company that I have. I really want to dive into everything you're offering. I mentioned a few things and a lot of it's really focused in the digital marketing space. Give us kind of a rundown of GrowRev and like what all y'all are focused on, how you help people, and really give us kind of like the background of the company as a whole as it's grown and, and built to be more of a high-level organization. Um, so GrowRev as a whole originally started when I transitioned out of so I went pilot direct sales, the direct sales for a long time, got really, really good at one-to-one selling, got bored at one-to-one selling. And then I started to study marketing. And then I went from going from one to one to one to many and understanding people like Jay Abraham and Dan Kennedy and all of those guys. 
Um, that eventually transitioned into doing affiliate marketing, um, which was fun for a bit because I could travel the world just myself with a laptop and, you know, make decent money. Uh, but I missed the people side and I missed the correlation of like what it, what it was like to build a real true connection with a human being on a day-to-day basis because it was zero-sum game being as an affiliate marketer. Um, eventually started helping family, friends and, you know, family and uh, people that really wanted help with the digital marketing world because I, this is like pre-Facebook. I've been doing this pre-Facebook ads. Um, so I've been doing it for a long time and uh, started helping them. And I started to realize that there's a business here. There's a model here that I didn't even know what the word agency meant or anything like that. It's just like helping companies and charging them a fee for uh, for the time that I was going to put in. And originally it was, I was doing it by the hour, which, you know, most people would, you know, common sense tells you to do, but in actuality, it's probably the worst thing I ever did, but I learned from that. Um, eventually transitioned to building what was Rohan Chef Consulting, uh, transitioned, which is GrowRev today. I brought on a business partner throughout this entire process who managed his back came from media buying and he managed the you know uh, brands like the olympics the sky sports tennis tv premier boxing champions so the biggest sporting brands that you can think of he was behind and i brought him on on the company and i said you run the media buying let me go run the sales and, and business development and scale it and in 2018 we made a big transition launched the brand grow rev and today uh, that's where it's come to which is a phenomenal scaling point right you brought in you, know, you mentioned you brought in partners, which is a whole different level. I mean, it's like marrying in business, right? All of a sudden you have this relationship you have to foster. It takes a different aspect of leadership. takes a different aspect of um, humility to a certain extent. You know, there's a lot of different pieces there. And especially when you're, you're working with some pretty high level individuals. I mean, you have people like Dean Graziosi that are part of that piece that you really helped with. And how have you seen that relationship with partners, with um, business associates? How have you seen that either get complicated or have you seen um, like communication, a specialized communication technique that really helps cultivate that? Part of the entire situation that kind of the relationships has been interesting. And like, you know, you bring up someone like Dean. For me, relationships in our industry is a big, big uh, proponent to what I really focus a lot of my work on. And it's one of those situations where, if you aren't focusing on relationships and you're only focusing on the dollar, the clients will go. But if you focus on relationships, no matter how things, how difficult things get in certain transition periods, clients will stick with you because they know that you're here for them no matter what happens. And that's exactly what we did, what happened with Dean. Dean got into a little bit of a situation, needed some help. We stepped in, went through about three months of work with him, put everything that we had on the table, did not charge him a dollar for our time and effort to get him to what he needed. That's problem solved. Once we've solved that problem, today we've been fortunately enough to be working with him for you know just uh, over about eighteen months or so. And any single time that we've had a problem, Dean's always believed in us that we will figure it out because he saw that we were able to help it out. And that's kind of you know the one of the big values in our company is making sure that our clients know that we care more than just you know that retainer or that bill and that invoice that we send them at the end of the month. Um, that we're here to make sure that their their message and their voice is shared at a larger scale. We talk about a larger scale. I mean, you're not joking. I mean, you're talking over 10 years of experience, over 5 mil in spend, 8 mil in clicks, 1.2 plus billion ad views. I'm sure these numbers are probably even higher at this point. I mean, when you're talking about scaling, kind of define that for us. I mean, scaling can mean a lot of things, but you're literally putting it on more of a global stage for your clients and really getting that content out there. Yeah, um, five mil per spend um, on the Wakora website actually is getting updated because that's an old number and that is actually five mil per month. Um, 
So in terms of what we've managed, uh, we're about to crack just, we're on track to probably break $200 million in, ever, in fully managed spend by the end of this year for um, lifetime for our GrowRev clients under the brand. So, you know, we've spent a lot. Just a small, that's just a little just small. It's a tiny number. little, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, we've, we've, we've had a, we've had the fortunate chance to, to make a, a small dent in this industry. Um, and the reason being is, you know, like I said earlier, passion and purpose. I mean, purposefully, I have understood, you know, I've seen the good and the bad of education. I'm a big proponent of self-education, uh, working in the industry that we work in. Yes, it's got its drawbacks and benefits a lot of the times, but the, the brands that we like to work and take take on is the ones that we want to be able to take and scale to those next level, uh, to, to a global stage to like, not only, you know, where they can, you know, make a difference in some third world country, if that's an offer that we can kind of get to, because, you know, giving that hope and that chance of someone out there with brands like Dean with um, and mastermind.com. Um, you know, our goal when clients come to us, they've already gotten that local or national notoriety at scale. Now they come to us to go to that global scale. And, and you just mentioned something that I find really interesting. You said self-education is really key. Can you explain that a little bit more? Maybe talk about some of the resources you've used to edu educate yourself because marketing is when you say marketing, I mean, that's huge, right? There, there's so many things that fall in that from digital to print to let's break it down past branding. I mean, you name it. There's so many things attached to that. So talk about self-education a little bit and like where, where you found those resources that were most impactful for you. So self-education for me is one of my biggest um, key proponents in my life. And what I started was books. Like that's kind of the easiest, quickest point, you know, eventually courses, now masterminds to a point where now I'm very, very uh, big on one-on-one -on -one coaches that I hire. And, you know, some of the coaches that we hire, one -on -one, I personally hire one-on-one, -on -one. these guys aren't cheap by any means. But at the end of the day, they're at a point where in their life that they can charge that kind of money. And I'm willing to pay that for them because I know that I will learn a lot faster from their mistakes. Um, and throughout that entire process, I still read books, I still do courses, I still attend masterminds, but I'm always elevating to be the best that I can be in that industry or, or for my self and to bring the best to our industry you mentioned masterminds i've been in a few myself i've run a few myself and those a lot of people what i'm surprised by and i guess when i first got in business i didn't know what the heck a mastermind was either but a lot of people don't understand like the true power of a mastermind share a little bit more about your experiences there um, we're huge on masterminds at a company. So at any given time, we're probably on an average is five different masterminds at a company, everything from, you know, operations to marketing, to sales, to, um, you know, offer creation, et cetera. And the reason being is there's people that are out there that are doing many different things. And, you know, if they're putting a mastermind together, they're selling at a mastermind in terms of actually filling these butts and seats. Uh, they've clearly made a big enough dent in the industry and in the market that we can go and learn from. And not only do we get to learn from them, but it's the people that they put into those rooms that we learn from the most. And that's kind of where masterminds have made the most amount of uh, essentially added benefits to us. And there's a reason to why, you know, Matt, my business partner, myself, we usually say five minimum per year at any given time, just so that someone in our team can go and learn, even if we can't attend them. And that was one of the things that we always negotiate into anytime we go into mastermind is I don't, I don't want to be the company that's only access to like the founders and the owners of the company. I want my entire team to be able to access this. And I was actually about to hone in on that because normally when, like, if I go to a mastermind, it's usually me as the business owner going into, you know, doing that CEO to CEO level, right? But you're extending that to employees, which is a heck of an investment in employees, which helps with retention. It helps with motivation. It helps in a lot of ways from the leadership capacity. 
why did you turn to that being part of like how you invest in employees? Because that's that's different. I haven't heard that from anybody yet. Uh, the re- well, the reason being is one of the things that Garv we've done over the years is we've only ever hired green. And what I mean by green is like zero experience in what they're coming into play. Um, they may have a little bit of college experience or whatever, but never actually like hands-on experience. And the reason we like to do that is because then it helps us a train them in a way that they know that you know we can deliver the same product or same service across the board. And then when we invest in them to go to masterminds and events and like, you know, even during the pandemic, for example, we were still investing in masterminds and we couldn't get to them because I, I'm in Canada and I couldn't cross the United States. So our U.S. team got to benefit a lot of that. But it's like when they get to go there and network, and be part of the drinks and the dinners and everything else, they feel like they're part of the company. They feel like they own a piece of the company. So when they come to work, they're delivered like, a, like they're an owner within the company. Yes, they may be salaried or, you know, whichever way they're set, they're set up inside of the company. But it's like for them, it's like I want them to feel like they own it and they can make a bigger difference inside of that company. And giving them that little bit, not only education, but also essentially entertainment that they would get out of it, it's it's paid itself 10 times over. And there, there's an old quote that I always loved. Um, and they turned it into a meme. They turned it into all these graphics and whatnot. And it talks about, you know, what if you invest in your employees and they leave? And the response is, what if you don't and they stay? I mean, that's a huge thing that leaders like investing. That's why I love you talking about sending employees to it, investing in your employees like that. Have you seen that they, they stay more or you're building leaders in your organization, they're leaving and influencing all across. How have you seen investing in that capacity with your employee base? Um, it's been an interesting one. Uh, so one of the things that we're actually very known for inside of our company and, you know, knock on wood, whichever way you want to, or whatever you like to call it, is our clients the long, at least the ones that are longest running clients. So one, of the, one of the reasons they love working with us is because they don't see the churn inside of our company. Like, yeah, we've had people come and go, but it's so minimal that across the board it does, like, it doesn't make sense. Even like when I have our call with our CFO, like, usually people are like factoring, you know, hiring costs and everything else are, and then like churn costs for, the, for replacing our cost for hiring is just what's new talent we're bringing in because we really never have to not worry about losing talent. And that investment that we put into them like you know not only do we invest in masterminds we take them on two fully paid company trips every single year like just go have a good time de-stress get drunk i don't give a shit what you do um you know so then that way it's like they come into an environment where they feel like they're a family versus just working but on the other end the way we run the company matt and i run the company is you know low expectation high output and i'm not going to sit there and micromanage our team i come from a corporate environment where i worked in that world and i fucking hated it absolutely hated it and I, that's something that i always had an agreement with matt myself was we're never going to micromanage our team but it's like if they don't produce the results are going to speak for itself, especially in an environment that we work with, because everything that we do is results-based. And, you know, we can correlate who that results got to come from very, very fast. And it's like, we could fix that problem very quickly by giving them a lot of things outside of just a paycheck. I think that's really interesting because you're, you're developing, and it sounds like you're developing independent thinkers that are leaders within your, your own organization, which means they're going to be able because they have this knowledge. They they got this piece. They have this resource from a mastermind they went to. That's going to allow them to make a decision without involving you necessarily, because you're empowering them to be leaders within your organization. Have you seen that feedback a little bit? Massively. Um, you know, one of the things, even like right now, we're in the very in 
we're in the midst of scaling two of our departments pretty heavily, our media buying team and our sales team. Um, and in the media buying team, you know, one of the guys that we brought on when it was just Matt and myself running the company earlier on in its days, we were paying him essentially, he was going to school. He came to intern with us and we would just send him gift cards because he didn't really, he couldn't get paid. So we really paying him in gift cards because we just kind of wanted that fair exchange. Today, he's our head media buyer and any new media buyer that comes on, he's training them and, you know, teaches them everything that what not to do, what to do. And he's just taken on that leadership role on his own. And we've never asked him to, but he just enjoys it because he's seen being with us for five plus years, what it's like to, you know, essentially turn this into an absolute um, company that it's built into. And that's pretty awesome. I love hearing stories like that because so many people have that scarcity mindset and, you know, don't want to do that. Don't want to invest. Don't want to, you know, promote from within essentially, you know, you train these people and like you said, you're bringing them from green and bringing them all the way through your funnel of training, leadership experience. So I, I love hearing that that's kind of the route you go with it because that's, that's something I think a lot more people, especially in the COVID environment, taking this type of mindset towards your team, I think could really shift the culture within your organization when you don't necessarily get to see them every day anymore, right? 100%, 100%. You know, like we went from an in-person environment to a virtual environment. And then during this entire thing in Canada, we're like, you know, we got to get the guys, everybody back together and the team back together. We ended up building out this office that I'm currently sitting in through COVID just so that when, you know, we were allowed to get back into an office that everybody's enjoying it. Everything was done for the team. It wasn't done for us. It was like, you know, people come in here, like, like even some of the guys that come and deliver our meals and waters and like, man, this place is a fucking vibe. I want to work here. And it's like, you know, I want the guys to hear that. And they love hearing that because this is something that they can be proud of. They come here, hang out on a Friday night or a Saturday night. It's like, come, you know, hang out, watch the fights. I don't care. Like, yes, you work for me, but I also want it to be a place where so you can actually enjoy and going down that entire investing into your team just builds a culture of its own. Like, yes, have we had our hard times? Absolutely. Have we had our good times? Without a damn doubt. But they balance and they're, they're there no matter what happens. I really love everything you're talking about, man. And it's refreshing to hear because so many people, so many leaders have gotten stuck. I know my client base, I have people that have been so stuck in the Zoom world, the Zoom fatigue, the I can't put my hand on you so I can't lead you anymore or it becomes the opposite. I can't put my hand on you, so I'm going to put you in this chokehold and like strangle you to death to make sure you do exactly what I want. And it's one of those that I love hearing the strategy you have attached to this and everything you've done with GrowRev. And I'm really curious, man, you're doing all these great things. You've made this huge shift in your life from pilot all the way to masterminds and business and strategizing and coaching. Overall, though, what's the legacy you're wanting to leave on the world? The overall legacy that I really want to leave on the world is someone that came into this universe with everything that was given to them, taking it away, built it back up, and shown both sides. Everybody hears, you know, the um, the rags to riches story. Well, I went from riches, ultimate riches, to rags to riches, and now I want to give all of that as much as what I can away by reaching the masses through self-education because it was self-education that turned my life around and I've built a company that can take some of the biggest self-education brands and get it even bigger. Man, I, I love it. I love it. It's such a great mission you're on. You're obviously well on your way with everything you're doing. I mean, you're putting out amazing content. You're helping others put out amazing content and get the message out. I mean, you're so well on your way to accomplishing that legacy. I want to give the audience an opportunity to find more about you, reach out to you, connect with you, Find all this content. I mean, you have blog articles, you have resources. 
Um, you even have this uh, assessment on your website that people can kind of start seeing and start scaling and seeing where things are at and where they might need to improve upon. Give the audience this opportunity. What's the best way to connect with you? The best way to get this content, the best way to really see this value that we're talking about. Yeah, personally, if you want to connect with me and kind of see, you know, I share a lot of behind the scenes of what, like some of the stuff that we're sharing here, like tactically what it's like to build companies and kind of, you know, very interestingly, your podcast also known as the Tactical Leadership Podcast. And it's because something that people ask me all the time. There, if you want to learn about how I do that behind the scenes, just free content, my YouTube channel, so it's just uh, youtube.com forward slash Rohan Chef or my Instagram. That's where I'm probably the most active is on Instagram and it's Rohan underscore Chef. Um, for that. And on the company side, if you really want to see what we could do, how we could be of service to you, or even just jump on a call and see if it's a strategy that we can help you know, implement that you can go and take on your own, it's growrep.com. Those are the only two things that, have, you know, to keep it very, very, very simple. The easiest way is if you want to really get to know me, follow me on Instagram or YouTube. And if you really want to get to work with me, it's growrep.com. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for providing those resources for us. You know, I want to encourage the audience, reach out, find out more about Rohan, but Beyond that, come back this Friday. We're going to hear some of these tactics. We're talking a big scale, but this Friday on Tactical Friday, we're going to talk about if you're ready to scale, here are these starting beginning steps to start this grow and this growth pattern that you really want to look for. So tune back in this Friday. And Rohan, man, I appreciate your time and your energy that you brought to the show today, my friend. Thanks for having me, Zach. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast. And I hope you got a ton of value out of what we talked about today. I also want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Night Protection Services. If you're a leader in a small to mid-sized business that does five to $10 million a year in revenue and want to improve retention costs, which could actually add up to being twice your employee's salary, all through creating a safer work environment and saving up to 25% in insurance costs, be sure to visit nightprotectionllc.com. 